Good morning. Um, this is Cast of Characters, and this is Erica. And I'm talking by myself this morning, and I wanted to take this time to talk about something that is uh, near and dear to my heart, and that's the topic of vaccinations. I happen to work in healthcare, and so I frequently encounter people and have conversations regarding vaccines. Primarily, these conversations are with people who are anti-vaxxers. That is that faction of people who feel that vaccines are not necessary, that they are um, possibly harmful, that they may be toxic, that they may cause autism, or whatever they've read from their social media groups and um, videos and infographics being put together by some group of people who frequently are unknown people and unaccredited people. Um, But I want to talk about the anti-vax movement and the risk and harm that it puts to each of us, even the ones of us who are vaccinated. So here's a little bit of uh, epidemiology for you, if you will. The childhood vaccine programs... Um, have grown exponentially as far as what's available. If you look at a shot record for someone that was born, say, in 1975 versus the shot record for someone born in 2005, in that 30-year time frame, the childhood vaccines that are given, like, double, um, maybe even more than doubled as far as what vaccines are recommended now. And that would be due to the advent of science, you know. While the internet was being developed, other things were being developed as well. And one of those things is a huge number of advances in medicine and science. And with that has come new vaccinations that are available. When I say new, I don't mean like five years old new. But I would say throughout the 90s and very early 2000s, um, we have gotten vaccines for haemophilus and pneumococcus, which are both bacteria that can cause uh, neurological devastation. It can start as an ear infection but lead to um, meningitis um, and can wreak damage permanently on a nervous system, can cause death potentially. Um, we come with vaccines for... Uh, meningococcus in our older kids that we start to give out now. We have varicella vaccine. Long gone are the days of being covered with chickenpox. And it's not just about being covered with chickenpox and having an ugly skin rash, but varicella itself can potentially have serious complications uh, affecting the nervous system. So we've made some advances and people are not taking full advantage of those advances. We happen to live in a first world country where vaccines are very common. And I think that makes people relax almost too much and feel that they will be okay because everybody else's kid got the vaccine for their child. Their child should be protected. It's called herd immunity. It's a term that um, people understand somewhat But what they don't understand is how vaccines work completely. So, yes, herd immunity means that if everybody in the circle 
on the outer circle has been vaccinated and you're standing in the middle of the circle unvaccinated, you should be okay because everybody in the outer circle is going to basically uh, not allow the vaccine to penetrate to you. So if every other kid has has been vaccinated, they can't get sick. Where are you going to get sick from, right? Well, wrong. Um, there are outbreak cases, even in the outer circle, in the outer shell of people who had been vaccinated. The reason why there are always going to be outbreak cases is because vaccines are not 100% effective. We give vaccines in series. For example, a person needs four doses of the tetanus pertussis vaccine throughout childhood to be considered um, vaccinated. That number of in that series, whether it's three or four for that particular organism, is based on the number of um, number of injections needed to get 95% of the people immune based on study after study that's been performed by um, scientific councils. So, for example, it takes four doses of pertussis vaccine to get 95% of the people immune against pertussis. And then over time, that immunity wanes and they need to get a booster here and a booster there. These time frames, these series counts are based on science. And it's not to get us 100% immune. When they did those initial tests to come with the appropriate practice for each vaccine, they were given the vaccines, studying for side effects. They were given the vaccines, drawing blood on the patients to make sure that the vaccine had been effective and that um, corresponding antibodies had been formed. Um, but when we give vaccines in real life, we don't go back and draw your blood to see if it worked on you. And if we did go back and draw blood to see, hey, you had two doses of far pertussis. Let me see if it worked on you so we can skip the third. Or, hey, you've had all four doses of pertussis. Let me draw your blood and see if that last one that we gave you two or three years ago is still working. We don't do that. That is not uh, cost effective. It's not good time management. We don't do it. We rely ourselves as uh, scientists and healthcare providers on herd immunity, we're going to get 95% of you where we need you to be. That will make that outer circle really strong. And, you know, whatever person is, is not, um, is not protected. They're going to rely on that 95% of society that is protected to keep them safe. Okay. However, you throw into the mix a large group of people who decided not to vaccinate. So now we have a bigger group of people that could potentially be holes in the outer shell. And that one person who was vaccinated, but it happened to not be effective on them, they're thinking that they're okay because they took the vaccine. Um, and they should be okay because all of us should be taking the vaccine so that there's a few people who it's not effective on, they will still be okay. But now we have people who are willingly not taking the vaccine. Not only are they a threat to themselves, but they're a threat to anybody who took the vaccine, but it didn't help them enough. 
So when you don't get vaccines and you're relying on herd immunity to protect yourself, it is a very selfish act. You're willing to put other people's children at risk who did vaccinate. And also, if you really feel like these vaccines are harmful, you're willing to let their children take the harm and protect your child and not expose them to this mythical harm that you've heard of on the internet. So it's a very selfish act to not vaccinate your child, but still have them enrolled in public school settings and in activities where they could potentially be the source of outbreak to other children who have tempted to vaccinate and the vaccine has failed on them, for children who cannot vaccinate because they are immunosuppressed by a childhood cancer or immunosuppressed by some other deficiency in their immune system. These children can't vaccinate and you're putting them at risk as well. So you're putting at risk children who can't vaccinate, children who are vaccinated, but the vaccine failed on them. And these are people who can't help it. You can help it if you are willingly turning away from vaccines. It's not only to protect yourself, but it's to protect our society at large. Please vaccinate your children. Recognize that no science is perfect, but also recognize the fact that the infections that we are preventing are potentially devastating and that they are allowed to re-enter into our world. You will see the effect will be something like a germ apocalypse. If you still have questions about vaccinations, please talk to your your physician. Talk to someone who is a scientist. Um, And lastly, have a decision made and a thought process clear before you show up to your physician's office. It is a very painstaking conversation that cannot be rushed and it's an important conversation it should not be rushed and it's not the right time necessarily to start that conversation within an office visit at the very end when the vaccines are offered and as a parent you're still not sure what you want to do and you have now Change this office visit from a 15-minute visit to a 30-minute visit. That is um, a whole separate issue. It's a whole separate conversation, a whole separate uh, posting that we can talk about. But when you have these crucial conversations, that conversation in itself should not come at the end of a well visit. That conversation should be a console on its own because there's a certain amount of time that should be invested in that conversation. I hope that you all have a good day. And if you know anybody who is not vaccinating and they would like the opportunity to say something or express their feelings, or if you know somebody who 
has had their life saved by a vaccination, um, please leave a message at the end of this recording so that we can play that back for our audience later. Thank you.